Welcome tonight. Welcome to Radiant Seventeen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm gonna jump to I'm gonna jump to a series of scriptures. So, just buckle your seatbelt. We're gonna go on a ride with the Holy Spirit. We're gonna allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us about where we are and what's happening. And so I want you to just be prepared. He that has an ear, let him hear. And I just pray, I just speak again that your ears would hear, your eyes would see, and your heart would understand what the spirit of the Lord is speaking to the body of Christ. Amen. 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 And I just... Yes, I just, again, I just, like children, just encounter the wind, the rain, the fire, the oil, the honey of the Holy Spirit. Just like children, um, just begin to pull on the fruit that's growing on the tree of life. Hmm. And that fruit that you're partaking of is what you need. It's what he's promised. We have this duplicity that we're not just in the physical, but we are in the spirit. And if you are willing to be like a child and engage him in the spirit, that which happens in the spirit will begin to manifest in the natural. Because before anything was ever here, it existed in the spirit. It existed, pre-existed in the mind of God. So if you want to move things here on this plane, in this realm, you have to learn how to move in the spirit. And be a child. When the Holy Spirit tells you to do this or to do that, be led. Allow him to just lead for children are easy to teach and they don't question. When they trust whom's leading them, they will follow. If you're struggling with trust, I speak that the Lord would open your eyes and show you where the root of it is so that you can deal with that and get healing and pull that out the way and allow you to take a risk. Because any risk in Christ Jesus will never fail. Hope in Christ Jesus will never disappoint. Faith in Christ Jesus will never lead you astray but it will lead you to the destination points it will lead you to glory to glory it will lead you from faith to faith from work to work your labor and love will not be in vain when you put your trust in god that your faith in this moment would be stirred up to partner to believe to dare to believe to fully embrace him and receive him. Come even more, Holy Spirit. Even more. Even more. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And it reads in Matthew 24. And Jesus is speaking to the disciples and he says to them, Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him for, and to show him the building of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, see ye all these things here. Verily I say unto you, there should not be left one stone upon the other, but they all should be thrown down. Mm. And as they sat on the mountain of Olive, the disciples came unto him, asking him privately, tell us what shall these things be? When shall the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? We're not going to address all these things, but I want to go to something because this is going to begin to open up, uh, so, uh, open up something special before as we begin to build it or lay some groundwork. And then we're going to go deeper because when you go into the word, you can't just read it for what it is. You got to let the Holy Spirit open it up. The Bible says the word is line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. And so if that be true, the scriptures are connected. And, and, and if you allow the Holy Spirit, it's, it'll tell you a story. It will reveal God's heart to you. It will tell you prophetically what's going on. The Logos will breathe the rhema. The Logos will breathe the rhema. And you will have insight because the kingdom of God is revealed to us. The will of God is revealed to us. When you pray in the spirit, you are praying the heart of God. You are praying the will of the one. And I pray that your ears would be open to interpret the language of angels or the, or the language of, of the nations that you are speaking in the spirit, that it would speak to you and reveal to you what God is doing, what is on his heart in this moment, that you would not be led astray and you would not allow the news affiliates or the various things to give you a narrative because their narrative is based on things that are here. But God always sees the panoramic view. God is not moved by what's going on here. He is fully in control. And whatever he says, Nothing here cannot happen or go into play without him knowing and allowing it. And if he's, a, and if he's allowing it, there's a reason. And we need to be on his page and not be moved by what we are engaging and seeing. But yes, men are to always pray. Watch and pray. What are you watching for? Not what the world is showing you. You are watching to see what the spirit of God is doing because whatever he's doing will shortly be here on earth as it is in heaven. So that when you look here on the earthly plane, you will see the witnesses. You'll say, yes, God said that was going to happen. The Lord said this was going to happen. This is going to take place. All these things are taking place as he has foreordained, but none of these things will hinder the agenda and the things he has attend, intended for the body of Christ corporately as well as individually. 
You will never have to wonder, oh no, this is not going to happen. Something, God, what God said is not going to take shape and form. No, that is not the truth. If he says it, he's going to do it. Be moved by the spirit of the Lord. Don't be moved by circumstance. Don't be moved by what's being said. Too many times we are moved by what the world is trying to do when we are called, like Jesus said in John, to be moved by our Father. He says, I can do nothing of myself. He said, let me make this clear. This is Jesus speaking this in John. He says, I can do nothing of myself. Is this clear? He is a representation of us. He's saying, I can do nothing of myself but I can do that which I've seen my father do and say. And I don't marvel because all these things are done in the context of relationship. He's not overwhelmed or moved. He's just ready to do what God wants to be done. And there are things that God wants to be done through you and I here on earth. There are things that are ready to come. There are things that he is doing and he's willing and he's ready to tell you things that will be headlines. He was willing to tell you things that will shortly be here and you will hear it and know it before it ever becomes news on the social media platform or on the newspaper or on the news on TV. You'll be like, whoa, Lord, you said this because we're gonna be in that space to be able to hear our communion. That's why he's beckoning you to come even closer. Because the closer you come, the more of him is seen, experienced and manifested and the less of the world around you has an influence on you. Now I got your attention, amen. Let's go, let's keep going. And Jesus said in verse four, he says, unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name and say that I am Christ and deceive many. You shall hear wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. You will hear of wars and rumors of war, see that you won't be troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Where I'm reading, I'm reading in the red, and Jesus said this some 2,000 years ago, and it stands firm today because if any of his word is broken, the heavens and the earth would cease to exist. So any and everything that is in the black and in the red, you can take it to the bank and it is a sure word built on a sure foundation that is righteous, pure and true. And it will come when it's supposed to at the proper time. Amen. And he says this here, he says in verse seven, he says, so nation shall rise up against nations, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famine and pestilence and earthquakes, divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrow, okay? I don't want you to think linear, 
I want you to open up your mind to the spirit. He's multidimensional because I'm going to take you somewhere, but I got to start here first. Then they shall deliver you up to be a, a, a and they shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake and they shall they that many shall be offended mm. and they shall betray one another they shall hate one another many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many because the iniquity shall abound and the love of man shall wax cold or they'll redefine love and tell you what love is really is and it's really a, a different type of love that is not the compassion of God. It is the compassion that is built on self-promotion. But in verse 13, he says in this shell, and you shall endure unto the end and the same shall be saved. But he that endures to the end saved will be saved. This kingdom, this gospel, this is where we're going to land for this here. says this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. Then the end shall come. And so Jesus, some 2,000 years ago, begins to speak these things. He begins to unfold he's the, this timeline and begins to say, hey, you guys, there's some things that are going to take shape and form a long way. But don't let your heart be troubled. There's just things that, that are, he says, he says, this is not the end. I love that. He says, let not your heart be troubled. This is not the end. And this gospel must be preached or this gospel must be advanced or the kingdom of God must be advanced all over the world. And we know ourselves that God himself is the one that says when it is done, man does not, cannot determine it. You cannot fast it in. You cannot proclaim it and prophesy it in. You can't even cry it in because that which the Lord has reserved for himself is tucked away for himself because it was never the major thing. It was the minor thing. The major thing is what the Lamb of God did and restored through his body and his blood that we, the sons of God, would arise. The sons of God would take our place again like it was in the beginning and begin to move and breathe as, the, as Yahweh commissions you to move and breathe on the earth. And while we are being commissioned, while we are being stirred up and prepared and ready, to stand and be steadfast and unmovable, he tells us, "Let I want to let you know that what you do for me will not be in vain, but it's going to bear fruit even when you don't see the fruit yet. Don't be encouraged because there is harvest and the harvest is going to happen. You hear what I'm saying? Are you there? Awaken, awaken, awaken to the will and the way of the one. Because last night the Bible says the earth is Lord's. It is his and the fullness, us, all that's he thereof. It's his. He has determined and dictated. And so Jesus makes this known. He reveals these things are going to happen. I want you to be in the know because even though these things are going to happen, what I have told you 
fishermen, that you were going to be fisher of men, you are going to fulfill that. You are no longer going back to what you did before as a catching fish. You're going to catch men. You that were business and tax collector, you're going to go out and harvest with a sickle the wheat that I that I that 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 will grow and, and is ready to be received. I'm sending you to advance. I'm sending you to disciple and to make and disciple nations under the kingdom of God. I'm sending you to to advance my will and way here on earth as it is in heaven. And that you would be ambassadors, that you would be ones that would unfold and roll out the full manifold, the full manifold wisdom of God, that people would see it to not just people would see it today, but them that are in the second heaven would witness God's people, the sons of God, unfolding God's full plan, and there's nothing they can do about it. Because we're moving in all his authority and all his power that was given to him in Matthew 28. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But Jesus said that these things would happen at the various times that they would happen, and they would take shape and it would take form but guess what don't let your heart be troubled keep your eyes focused on what jesus said because this is just something that's supposed to happen don't be led astray by people saying jesus is over here or that i'm the one or i'm the anointed one none of that matters because the anointed one if he is here all of the earth will know he's here. He won't be in a corner. He won't be in a cave. He won't be in a church somewhere proclaiming this. All the world, the Bible says, will see him. They will look upon the one. So what are we to do? We're to occupy and take the kingdom, take what Jesus has finished, what he has, what he has done, and we stand on that and he says, you through faith can do what I did and even more. Let's go a little bit further. And so here is the scene as Jesus is rapping and talking with them about this thing. We're going to move a little bit further. The Bible then says, as Jesus rose from the grave, he presented himself on the disciples. Disciples saw him. They were excited, but they were not convinced. And Jesus encounters them again in John 20. And after he breathes on them, he tells them to receive the spirit. So no, you have authority. Still not enough. And then finally, he comes to them. He comes to them because they had went back to what they thought. Okay, well, this is all done and good. We're going back to what we were, what we, what we did before. And there is no drawing back. No man puts his hand to the plow and draw back. You are not fit for the kingdom. You cannot love the things more than God or you're not fit for the kingdom. There are some that will walk away from you because of what God has called you to do. And if you follow them, you're not fit for the kingdom. God is raising up a people the sons of God are rising and they are obedient ones that will fulfill the will and way of God. God is being such a father and he is drawing you so close and he is helping you mature. 
helping you get a full clear picture of who Christ Jesus is so that you are not fooled when they offer you a false Jesus, when they present to you a false Christ. You are not fooled. You won't be deceived. You won't be led astray because you will have a clear reference of who he is and you will run, move, and breathe with what you know to be true because there's something about the truth that's settled. It gives you peace. It, the Bible says that what signs and wonders follow that which is true. When the truth is presented, God's spirit will validate what you receive to be true. We're talking about the truth. We're talking about what God is doing. And so God, Jesus encounters them again and he finds them in a boat, finds them on the boat, trying to go back, trying to do the thing, trying to do the thing that they used to do. This is a new season, a new time frame, a new decade, a new era. What you did before you cannot do, you have to move with the spirit of the Lord. And you got to give up what you think it needs to look like. You got to get rid of that. Because if you don't, you will miss him like they missed him when he walked here in the flesh. Because in their mind, they envisioned he needed to look like this and he was going to do this. They were misinterpreting scripture. They were misinterpreting the prophetic voice that was proclaiming God's will and way. And because they were misinterpreting, because they were giving their narrative in their spin instead of going to the Lord and saying, God, tell me what you're saying. Reveal to me what you're saying. I don't know what you know. Your ways are above my ways. My, my, your thoughts are above my thoughts. I don't have your thoughts unless you reveal them. And if I'm going to ask, if I really want to know, the Bible says, let any man, let every man ask, and it'll be revealed to you. It'll be given to you freely. So it is not for you to be in a space of not to know. The Bible says there was a shift that happened here. I'm laying some groundwork before we go a little bit further. There was a shift when Jesus was here before he died, he tells them, he says, there is a shift in the way God relates to you. You were a servant who had a servant's mentality. He says, but I moved you from being a servant to a friend, something relational. He said, because a servant will never know what the master's doing, but a friend does. And when you are in relationship with the one, that which he's doing, he will reveal, but you're not just a friend. It's like most of you on here, you are a husband, you are a son, you are a, a wife, you are a daughter, you are a cousin, you are a friend, you are a boss, you wear many hats, but the ultimate hat that everybody on here wears is we are the bride of Christ. And everything he is in this moment on the right hand of the father is who you are right now in this moment. You are like the risen one, because why? The Bible says he was the first fruits of them that slept and was risen and he had risen from the grave on the feast of first fruit and we are the ones that come after him. We are the brothers and sisters that have come after him. We are the fruit that our father has been waiting on. He says, I wait, I will tarry for my precious fruit. I am not in a hurry when there is fruit out there to get. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
Holy Spirit. And so he engages them going back to what they know to do, what they know to do because they have lost hope because they have allowed something in this realm to tell them. They have allowed his death to cause them to not believe the command, the word of the Lord that Jesus was speaking to them for three and a half years, telling them about a kingdom, educating them about a kingdom, revealing to them about a kingdom, telling them this kingdom is going to expand. You are going to do this with me. But when he died in the natural, all that fell to the ground because they had their eyes on that, which is natural. They allowed natural things to tell them what was really going on. They allowed the natural things to to, to discredit what God was speaking. They allowed the natural things to say, well, I guess that's it. We had a good run, but we'll go back to what we're doing. Holy Spirit, help. Holy Spirit, open our eyes. Because the natural will never determine or dictate what our God has in store for us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Is your ears open? Is your heart open? And so he catches them. And he says, you caught any fish? No, Lord, no. No, we've been toiling all night. Because that's what you'll do when you continue to do the dumb thing. When you continue to do the thing like you used to do and you are not moving the spirit to do the new thing. He says, forget the former thing. Let that thing go. Be a child and be always willing to see something new, learn something new, to, to be teachable. What you have gained is not the end all. There are so Paul said, I have not arrived, but I am running this land after a one that first touched me. The first one that encountered me, that's the one I'm running after. And I won't come to this culmination. I won't come to this, this space that, that I get to look like him when he sees me until I'm standing in front of him. And until that point, I am running after the one that first loved me. Are you there? And so he then tells them, throw it on the right side. He does the same miracle that he did when he encountered Peter, James, and John. And Andrew does the same miracle. Because why? I told you boys, what I was calling you into has not died. It is multiplied. And now it's time for you to move and breathe in this. And they did the fish, they caught a whole bunch of fish and they came in, they realized it was the Lord and God restored them. And then he spent 40 days after he had risen, teaching them, the Bible says, and this is in Acts chapter one, you can read it on your own time, Acts chapter one. He spends 40 days telling them about the kingdom. So there was more about the kingdom to be known. That means there's more about the kingdom that you and I need to be in the know about. And we, it's for us to know, it's not to remain a mystery. Um, the Jesus, the, Jesus tells the disciples, he says, for you, it is, it is for you to know the mysteries. It is for you to know the mysteries because you are in 
covenant relationship. And because you are in covenant relationship, move from a servant to a friend, it is for you to know what's on the master's heart. But you are the bride, and the bride is going to know everything that the husband, the bridegroom, is doing and saying so that he and she move as one with, with, with the Spirit of the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so Jesus tells them about the kingdom. And so there is so much more about the kingdom that you and I need to know that is want to take shape and form here on earth as it is in heaven. That's why our, our, our focal point is the kingdom and his righteousness. And God knows how to add all those other things unto us. It is the kingdom and righteousness. And God will add those things to us. It is the kingdom and the righteous. What do I mean? You are sons and daughters. You are kings and priests. You are peculiar people. And if you are a part of a kingdom, which you are, then your mandate is to fulfill the will of the king that sits on the throne. That is your mission. And you're going to do it rightly. And the things that you need to live down here, to move and breathe down here, I will add to you fully and completely. You will not chase like the world chases. You will not be moved by the things that are happening, the various trends that are being set and these things that are being pushed out there. All these things are distraction to pull your gaze away from the one and not allow you to run after the one. What really matters? He says, labor not for that which perishes, but labor for that which remains that will be here if the fire of god came in this moment to consume everything on the earth the only thing that would be here is what he established everything else is like is like is like it'll be burnt up and consumed we are not like them around us that are chasing after these things that cannot fulfill that cannot determine or dictate anything in our lives. They are temporary things that will give a temporary solution, but you will end up where you've always been if you continue to do what you've always done. And so he tells them. And then John, in John 21, says that Jesus did, if the books if the, if, if the earth could contain the stuff that he did. The, yeah, can you imagine that library? It says the earth could not contain the things that Jesus did after the resurrection in those 40 days. But those things were revealed to them who were friends. Can I tell you, friend? Can I tell you, brother or sister? Can I tell you, you are not just a friend, you are a daughter, you are the bride and it's for you to know and he wants to tell you this doesn't have to remain a mystery. It is only a mystery because you don't know. It is only a mystery because it has not been revealed. It is only a mystery because you haven't made set in your heart to seek him because if you seek him, you will find him. If you are hungry, you will get filled. If you are thirsty, your thirst will be quenched. 
And so Jesus sets the stage and tells them, go and wait and pray. I want you to go pray for 10 days and you will be endued with power. You will be my witnesses. Your life will never, ever be the same. And you are going to do some things. And they ran. They took that ran, prayed for 10 days. And I'm quite sure they wavered back and forth saying, man, I don't understand, but we're just going to pray. And the spirit of God came. But when Jesus ascended into heaven, he sat on the right hand of the Father. He sat on the right hand of the Father. He sat on the right hand of the Father. And that which he had initiated and started was now settled. But what he had did still needed to take shape and form here on the earth. Matthew 24, when he tells them about these things that are coming, if we read further down, he, be, he starts with them telling them that this temple, this Ephesus, this building is going to be left in, in, in ruins. And it wasn't about the building, it was about a system, a way that they did what they did. And that took shape and form in AD 70. And when AD 70 came, the Romans came in and burnt Jerusalem to the ground. I'm giving you some history, I'm laying because I'm going somewhere with you. Stay with me, I'm going someplace with you. All this here, what I'm saying, you may say this is old news and I, I've heard this and I've understand it. Yeah, but you haven't heard. Because if you think you know, the Bible says you know nothing. But here comes the Romans, they burn everything to the ground. And the, and the writer, Josephus, who was an oracle, who was one who recorded historical events, when Jesus said there would not be a stone upon a stone, the reason why there wouldn't be a stone upon a stone wasn't, wasn't just that. But guess what happened? When the temple was burnt to the ground, Josephus writes that the, that the Romans came in and they were chiseling gold off every stone. So they pushed every stone off of each other to chisel the gold that was in the temple. Hence, Jesus spoke it and then we get a confirmation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let's keep reading, let's keep going. And so now that that is established and now that it's done, a new system is birthed. The church is moving in power and authority. It's moving the way Jesus said it would move. And here we are today, living in what Jesus said and so many things that are happening. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. The end is not yet. This gospel's got to be preached. This thing has got to be advanced. Our mindset should be to do the will of our father like Jesus did. Jesus said, I'm here to do the will of my father. For this reason, I have come to the earth to fulfill what God needs to be done. That thing 
that is talking about the end is in his hands and it is, it'll happen when it happens. My job is to occupy. I've been given a kingdom. I've been given talents. I've been given things that I'm going to have to give an account for. The king is coming back one day and he is coming back to ask me, what did you do with those five talents? What did you do with those, with those two talents? What did you do with that one talent? Well, with the five, I multiplied it and did what I was supposed to do. Well, well done, my good and faithful servant. The two, I turned him into four. Yay, well done, my good and faithful servant. What about you with the one? Well, I was afraid. I was in fear. Because why? Because I let CNN and MSN and all these other acronyms tell me what was going on. My eyes were on the things of this world and I was afraid. And I knew that you were a man, a shrewd businessman, were looking for interest on what that you had given me. But I, 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 I weighed the fear higher than you. My fear of the man and my fear of this world ranked higher than the fear of God that I had. And because I didn't have enough fear of you, I, I lend myself, I, I lean onto a fear of man and I hid what, I, what you gave me and I just waited and here it is. It's right here, Lord, it's right here. And he says, you missed it because you didn't fear me because the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And because you didn't fear me enough, you let the world tell you how things are going to be. You let them dictate. And that spirit of fear to grip your heart where it caused you to be arrested in your development, arrested in your movement. I'm just not going to do anything because that is greater than the God I serve. And there are some that will allow these things that they're seeing to reveal that they've been giving God lip service and they're not following with their heart. He already sees it, but he's given us an opportunity to really believe him, to really jump in and say, God, I, you have the words of life. Where are we going to go? You have the words of life. You have the ability to change things. I'm not going anywhere. Let's keep reading. Let's keep going. I'm going somewhere. Tell your friend on here, he's going somewhere. He's headed somewhere. But you've been given a kingdom and you've been given the ability to steward this kingdom, to, to know it, to fellowship in it, and to steward this kingdom from the space in the vehicle of relationship. He has not left you without you are doing this with him if you move in spirit with him. And if I move in spirit with him, then the spirit of the Lord is there to reveal, show me things to come and lead me and guide me in all truth. He is there to reveal the new things that are coming both spiritually and naturally. He is there to help me to discern what's flesh, what's God, and what's the enemy. That I'm able to see the truth in things and I'm not worried about being swayed because I am moving and breathing in him. And he has been sent to live in you and I and get us to every space that we're supposed to get to to fulfill the word of the Lord over your life, corporately and individually. And it is your fear 
or it is, I won't say your fear, it is the fear that the world is projecting that's constantly projecting on the news. They're projecting fear. They're projecting fear. They project fear in the movies. They project fear in the TV shows. They project fear and they're constantly projecting their fear on you. And if you allow it to land, it will become yours. And it will render you helpless and hopeless. Can I tell you, you have not received the spirit of bondage under fear anymore, but you have received what? The spirit of adoption as sons and daughters because you cried out to Yahweh. You cried out to, you cried Abba Father and you said, come in and do what you need to do. I want to be yours. And in that space, you are sons and daughters, not, not slaves not slaves to this world, not servants. You serve, but you're not a servant. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You serve. It is a thing that you do, but that is not your identity. Your identity is a son or a daughter, ultimately the bride of Christ. And so as we get into Romans and he says that here, he goes a little bit further in Romans and he talks about how the earth groans and moans, how the earth groans and moans. The earth is groaning and moaning. From the time Jesus, before he got here and after he had died and resurrected, the earth has been groaning. The earth has been groaning, wanting, waiting, anticipating. The sons of God and the kingdom of God the sons of God and the kingdom of God. The earth is responding. Or I could put it this way, if you get hit by a demonic spirit, people, you manifest. You see people manifesting, and you hear what I'm saying? They manifest. You get hit by the spirit of the Holy Spirit, you're going to manifest. You're gonna shake, <laughs> you're gonna cry, you're gonna weep, you're gonna tremble, you're gonna experience fire, all those things that the Holy Spirit brings, you're going to experience those things. Because what you are experiencing is a kingdom coming in into you and manifesting even more in you and through you. So the earth is experiencing the same thing. They're, they're in expectation for the sons and daughters to arise, but they're also in expectation of the kingdom of God that Jesus talked about that is coming that is continuing to come, that is continuing to come, that is continuing to come, that is continuing to merge itself here on earth. It's continuing to manifest. It's continuing to be here and to, and to take shape and form. Let's go, to, let's go to Revelations 12. Hmm. Revelations 12, or actually Revelations chapter 15. Because, or excuse me, Revelations 11, beginning at verse 15, this sets the stage for Revelations 12. I'm going to read it. And it says here in Revelations 11 and 15, it says here, And the seventh angel sounded, and there was a great voice in heaven saying, The kingdom of this world are become the kingdom of our Lord. Do you hear what I'm saying? So I'm not making this up. The kingdom of this world are becoming the kingdom 
of our Lord. And because the earth is is groaning and, and shaking and, and all these things, it's manifesting because there is something taking shape and form and it will not culminate until the one who is the one that will come and take shape and form, but it's happening, it's merging, it's coming together. More of the kingdom of God is taking shape and form on the earth. They would tell you that they the enemy is so clever. Paul said this, he said, I, I'm concerned that you will be deceived like Eve did because what the enemy was trying to do, he will convince you what God has told you not to be true and convince you that God is withholding and he has the truth and you will receive this thing and you'll be led astray. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that you, you need to be unmovable not moving every wind of doctrine, not tossed to and fro, being unstable, but making up in your mind that what God said he's going to do and I'm going to believe it. And if, if even if I die, then I'm going to believe God and that be and that be it. But I guarantee you that what God said he's going to do in your life, it's going to take shape and form. And so here he tells him here that the kingdom of this world is becoming the kingdom of our Lord and the Christ. And he shall reign forever. This is John the Revelator. This is the beloved one who laid his hands on the Lord's heart, who received this revelation. Let's keep reading. And he says, the four and 20 elders which sat on their seats fell upon their faces and began to worship. Why were they worshiping? Because what was was now being restored. Redemption, it means to be restored back to the original intent. When he shed, he intended to restore all of everything back into him. Man would function as one. Man would no longer be fragmented, but they would be one. Spirit, soul, and body would be one, and we would be one with him. And that even the earth itself would experience the one heaven and earth being together. Because of sin, there was a separation. But because of what Jesus did, the veil was torn. And that veil being torn is constantly constantly being uh, taken shape and form in our everyday life, you're going to see more of heaven take shape and form on the earth. But the earth is moving and shaking, quaking. What has God done when you look at the day when Moses brought the people of God to the mountain of God, the Bible says that the earth, when God descended upon the mountain, when he came and did, the earth, what? Shook. The earth quaked, things happened. What is that? That's the earth responding to the presence of God. We respond to the presence of God when it comes down in a room, when it falls down, a we, we, we respond, we react, we manifest and the earth is shaking and moving because the one who created everything is here on the earth. Anytime that God ever touched down on the earth, the earth responded. When he breathed on the 120, the earth, the Bible says the, the, the room shook. They shook and they were filled with tongues. Let's keep reading. 
saying, we have given thanks to our Lord Almighty, which are, which, which is, which was, and which is to come because he has great power and he shall reign. The nations, this is a part I want you to see. Verse 18, the nations were angry. They, they, the, the, thy wrath has come. The time of the dead and they that should be judged. And thou shouldest give a reward unto your servants, the prophets, the saints, them that feared thy name. and should destroy them which destroyed the earth. And the temple of God was open in heaven, and there was seen in the temple of the Ark of the Testament. There was lightning, voices, thunder, earthquake, and a great hail. The earth was the, no, not the earth, the system, the kingdom of darkness that's been running things for so long is upset, they're in full, panic mode they're in full reaction reaction mode because why because Yahweh he is the author and the finisher of oneness the one world government was never his never the devil's up his never the devil's uh, idea it was something he took from Yahweh to pervert and give and make his own version when it was Yahweh in the beginning in Genesis, where everything was one, everything moved and breathed as one. And God is restoring everything back to oneness in him. That's why John 17 and Jesus prays, Father, that they would be one with you and they would be one like you and I are one. They would be one with me like you and I are one, that they would come into this oneness that they're being invited into. It's not just about being saved. Salvation is where it began, but you have been brought into a covenant relationship as the bride and a, a, a bridegroom. So for this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother, forsake all to what? Cling unto him. And what? That same commission, that same commandment. You, you are to forsake the things of this world that you would become one with him so that you can move and breathe in one. So that what he desired, what he is uh, bringing back again would be realized in the heart of the believer individually and corporately. And so all the things that were happening in Matthew 27 is, is, is a telltale of a kingdom of God coming here and is merging to be established here. And the kingdom that is here is enraged. So it's starting wars. It's trying to control the climate. It's trying to control the food. It's trying to control the medical things. It's trying to push its narrative and its doctrine to get you to believe something that's not true, but it cannot stop the thing of God because the kingdom of God, according to scripture, is going to come. This world will be the kingdom of our Lord and our Savior, Christ Jesus. That's why he gave his life for it. And all the things that are happening around the world, all these things Jesus said would happen. But he told you, don't let those things trouble you. These things have to happen because there is something greater and bigger that is happening. 
There's something coming together. There's something being established. There's something that's being intimate. I sat on my throne next to my father. And from that point, we are watching in the natural, in real time, that takes shape and form, his kingdom being established here. And what? The enemy knows why. The enemy knows his time is short. We hear that all the time. The enemy knows his time is short. Why does he know his time is short? Because the culmination of God's kingdom fully taking shape and form. That means if it takes shape and form, no more kingdom of darkness. That means it is fully overthrown. When you look at revelations, when it talks about come from among her, come from out of her, come away from her, because this system is going to fail. This system is going to fall. Why? Because a kingdom, kingdom of God is coming. And what that kingdom, the kingdom of darkness possessed is no longer theirs because the keys of death and hell belong to Christ Jesus and was taken away from him. And because it's been taken away from him, now things are not going to hell. Things are going back into the will of God. Things are moving towards where God wants to take this thing. And you got to read scripture. You got to get into your word to have this hope. To know that whatever happens, whether people are leaving here, whether things that are happening, know that all these things are going to, all this here is not happening just to happen. But all this here means something and that God is headed somewhere. And in the culmination of that is that his kingdom being established here on earth, not just in spirit, but in natural. It came spirit first through what Christ Jesus was preaching but the intent that that which is spiritual becomes natural. The Bible says in Hebrews, faith, it says, it says now faith, the substance of things hoped for. It is also the evidence of things what? Not seen. So faith is the substance we're hoping for. What are we hoping for? The kingdom of God to fully be manifested, ruling and reigning here on earth as it is in heaven. That's why he gave us the prayer, the model prayer, the way we prayed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And on top of that, then he says, it is also the evidence. So faith is the substance, but then what? The evidence is manifested. You begin to see what God spoke in the spirit take shape and form. Just like it said in Hebrews. It says, this world by faith was spoken into existence by the word of the Lord. It fitly framed everything together. So before it became in the natural, God spoke it into existence. And then at the right time, at the proper time stamp, it began to take shape and form. This kingdom that Jesus represented that we represent is our Lord and Savior is going to take form and shape. This is what scripture says. Everybody thinks, oh, this is all going bad. This is all, no, 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 no. Things are happening and have been happening for 2000 years. Things have been happening and will continue to happen. And Jesus told us, let our heart not be troubled. The end is not yet. And this gospel this kingdom gospel 
has to be told, has to be seen, has to be experienced, will advance all over the earth. Then God says, I will say it is done. But what we are experiencing is the earth, is the, is the, is the nations, the kingdom of this world respond, reacting trying to stir things, get things going, do all these things here, all this stuff here, doing all these things, reacting to what is actually really happening. And I give you a picture in Daniel, in Daniel, I think it's chapter 10. Daniel is a man of God who prays three, he's praised three times a day. He hears from the Lord. Well, he, he has an amazing ability to tell you what you dream and, 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 and tell you the interpretation. He moves in the gifts of wisdom and understanding like no other. But he gets in this space where he's praying and he doesn't hear from the Lord. And it grieved him so that he prayed for 21 days, knocking on heaven's door. But he was not cognitive of what was happening in the spirit. He was only cognitive of what was happening in the natural. And so he is knocking on heaven's door, thinking God didn't hear him. Thinking, God, where are you, God? What's happening? I need to notice. I need to notice. I need to notice. And on the 21st day, the angel shows up. And the angel tells him, man of God, beloved of the Lord, fear not. Don't be weary. Our God, your God, heard you on the first day. He heard you on the first day. But he said, then angel Gabriel begins to tell him what was going on in the heavenlies. What was going on in the heavenlies? There was a fight between one principality that was over Greece and another principality that was over Persia and the Medes. And they were contending with one another, fighting with one another. The Persians not wanting to leave, wanting to die down, wanting to be in power, and the, the spirit behind Greece was the next superpower that had been prophesied by the mouth of God through Daniel when Daniel spoke to King Nebuchadnezzar. And they're fighting, and he's telling them, this is what's been going on. This is why it was hard for you to know or to hear because there are things happening in the spiritual that are trying to, that are coming here in the natural. And so what he, what he was experiencing, he says, I want you to know, but I got here because Michael came to help me. I'm going back to help him. And when I go back, the Persians and the Medes who were in charge will no longer be in charge. The Greeks, the, 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 the principality over Greece, they will come in and they, a new regime will come in and they will rule and reign. That is a clear picture of what's happening to the kingdom of this world like Revelation says, and the kingdom of our Lord and God. It's becoming what it's becoming the kingdom of God here. And we as the ambassadors, we as sons and daughters, we as the bride have this mandate, this commandment, this commission from God, this commandment to love God with all heart, mind and soul and strength and to love our brothers and sisters as ourselves and this commission to disciple nations, to go all over the earth, to spread the kingdom because why what was spoken 
in the spirit, what was introduced in the spirit, what had to come first in the spirit to what? To redeem man and to redeem the earth so that now, now that which is ready to take shape and form in the natural will take shape and form. And I know it's hard for you to grasp it or see it because we are being indoctrinated with all this other stuff around us. And we just have this narrative that it's always looking like this or it's headed like this. But can I tell you, friends, the kingdom of God is here to manifest. It is here to take shape and form. You read it in scripture. This is John getting revelation. This is John who was in, in verse four of chapter four of Revelation said, come up here. Let me tell you what's going to happen hereafter. Not just in your time frame, John, but hereafter. Down the road, I got to tell you some things. And it's and, and the kingdom that you heard firsthand from me is going to be the is going to be the kingdom that's ruling and reigning here on earth. Not just in spirit, but in natural, in full capacity. And we have to embrace this by faith. Because whether you embrace it or not, this is truth and it's gonna happen. But when you embrace it by faith, you have a part in this. And you can move and breathe as he is orchestrating you. I'm going to land this plane. I'm going, I'm going here. This is the last part of what I feel God is doing, what I feel the Lord is leading here. And in and, and Acts chapter 13. Because I feel this is another thing that's going to happen. We're going to see this happen even more. The Bible says in Acts chapter 13 that Paul and Barnabas was in this place. They were in this church at, uh, I believe it was Antioch. And they were praying. They were fasting. And we're going to take it here in verse 2. It says here, and they ministered to the Lord, fasted. And the Holy Spirit said, separate Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. When they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands apostolically on them and they sent them away. 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 They sent them away to do what? To do what God is calling you to do in this, in this season, in this time. God is calling for you to be with people. Philippians 2 and 2 talks about this. And I'll read this really quick to you. And we're going to just land this plane because I feel I've given you enough to chew on. But it says here in Philippians 2 and 2, it says here, Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being on one accord and of one mind. Letting nothing be done through strife and vainglory, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Let not every man on his own thing, but every man also on the things of others. He's speaking about walking in unity, walking in oneness. The Bible says the fivefold ministry has been placed on this earth as a gift to bring mankind, to bring the body of Christ into what? The unity. Of, uh, of faith, to bring them into oneness, to bring them into oneness about who Jesus is in them, through them, into the world. There is, there is God aligning us with people that run, that are people that are hungry. There is a shift and there's a move. 
and God's going to move you as you lean closer, as you draw near and draw close to him, you're going to find some of your friends are not going to be the friends that are moving with and breathing with you in different seasons. Some because they choose not to go. Some is because they're moving elsewhere. God has commissioned them to do something else. And you have to be okay with it. You still know each other. You just been commissioned to do things. And this is going to happen all over the place because why? We're going to be aligned with people who are of the same mind, same purpose, and what? We have this responsibility to, 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 to foster, to facilitate this aspect of the kingdom. And they're going to aspect. In other words, the hands going to have assignment. The arms are going to do this. The knees are going to do this. Every part of the body is going to be doing something for God himself as he is leading and orchestrating them in unity. So we don't have to fear or let our hearts be troubled, but we are to pray. We are to pray and we are to be vigilant and we are to pull on the promises of God for Israel. We are to speak life over Israel and proclaim because why? They are our brothers and sisters and they're going to come in and they're gonna, they're gonna receive the one that we receive now. So we're contending for them, but we're not allowing what has happened to trouble us because Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. The end is not yet. And this gospel is gonna be advanced. The kingdom of God, we read in, the, in Revelation 11, the kingdom of this world is becoming the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so the earth is groaning for us, the sons of God, to come to take shape and form and take our place on the earth. But it is also groaning and because it's, it's, it sees the kingdom of God coming down and finally being one with the kingdom. Finally, heaven and earth being one again and seeing this dark thing be obliterated, be done away with. And we're gonna see it, we'll see it happen. I, I don't know if it's gonna happen in our lifetime or whether it happened beyond us, but that's the plan of God. And so as these things are happening, we stay focused, we stay pressing forward, we continue to pray, we continue to fast, we continue to seek God, we stay in God's word, and we don't deviate from what God has told us because everything that you are supposed to do, you're going to do. But God is going to clean your ears up, he's gonna clean your eyes and your heart, you're going to hear better than what you've heard before, you're going to see better, you're going to understand even more because you are moving and breathing in a new space in him. And as we draw nearer to him, we're going to become more like him. That's what John, that's what, uh, that's what, uh, that's what Paul said in, in, in 2 Corinthians. He says, the one you behold, you're becoming. The one you behold, you're changing into. So as we are ex, ex, uh, ex, uh, receiving this commission, receiving this invitation, we are moving and breathing more like him. What I'm saying to you tonight, you need to embrace and not be looking for the doom and gloom. Because Jesus said this stuff was going to happen, but he said, don't let that trouble your heart. The kingdom is still going to advance and I'm still in control. I'm the one that says when this is all done, not a preacher, not a politician, not no one, God does. The earth is the Lord 
and the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. It is he that is found upon the seas, established upon the flood. And if you believe that to be true, you're, you're going to make it through. You're going to make it through. But if you believe the kingdom of darkness is greater, you believe that their mandate and their agenda is going to move and breathe, you are in trouble. Because the Bible says man makes many plans, but it is the purpose and will of God that prevails. So God wants the eyes of his people to be open even more. He wants you to dream even more. He wants you to press in even more. He wants you to believe and have such expectation because you are going to do the things that God said you were going to do. And all you have to do is move, stop worrying about or trying to figure out something that God wants to reveal to you. Because when we're trying to figure out what he's doing, we will have the tendency to convince ourselves of something that God never said. And, we'll and it will lead us to and it will cause our heart to be sick because hope in him points. but it's when our hope is in something else other than God it has this ability to disappoint you if I pray right now in the name of Jesus what what was spoken that father that they would take back to you and they would sit with you with this and that I pray that it would it has encouraged. I pray that it was open their eyes. I pray, Father Lord, that it would it would cause them to dare to believe them to take risks, cause them to to continue to press in and know that their labor in love is not in vain, but that they've been given a kingdom. They've been given five talents, two talents, one talent, and they've been given something to take it and multiply it, to take what they've been responsible for and expand it and grow it. And knowing at the appointed time in the heart of our Lord, of our God, he would come and we would stand and give an account. And I pray that the, the words would be spoken that they're well done, thy good and faithful servant. You are faithful over the few things and I'm going to make you ruler over many. Knowing that what we do today is preparing us for life and life to come. The world is preparing to die. Life didn't die, but we are preparing life and more life because we've already died in Christ Jesus and now we get life, we reap life. And so John 10 says, I come to give you life and that more abundantly. And I pray that they would fully embrace him, that they would fully embrace him because in exchange, they would receive sonship because they cried out a father. And they would see that the glory that is going to be revealed in them, through them, around them, the challenges corporately and individually is in no comparisons to the glory of God that's going to manifest here on the earth. Get to experience and embrace with those who have died, get to want it to see. So Father, I pray and I bless each and every one here tonight. I bless them and I just speak hope, peace, and faith. I speak the joy of the Lord would move and breathe in them. The joy of the Lord would be full in their hearts and they would move and breathe with Holy Spirit. They would move 
live and breathe with the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Lord, that you have given them grace. And grace is the ability to say no and to under subjection. It is the and mercy that meets them fresh every morning that they would embrace it and pull on the grace of God. Because grace is not just a license to sin, that is false doctrine, but grace is the enable, it is the ability of Christ Jesus' ability to say no to the things of the flesh and move and breathe in the spirit as we yield, as we continue to surrender our lives under the mighty hand of the Lord, because if you yourself unto the Lord, you will resist the devil, he will flee from you. And that we would be mindful of it. And I ask the Lord, I just peace and I speak to the word, that hunger and thirst for you would increase, would increase, would increase. Their hunger and thirst for you would increase and that they would be sold out even that much more. And the areas that are not sold out, Lord, that they would surrender those things. That they would radically encounter you, that they would never, ever be the same. Father, we bless them and we sing in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen.